Actually, I think it's just past noon, so I just need to say hello, my relatives. It is uh, Friday, October 27th, almost the end of the month, and I'm sitting down with my second cup of coffee, and I wanted to talk about some of the events going on this week, um, specifically most about uh, the new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson. But before I begin, I want to just do, like I always do, and acknowledge I'm speaking to you now from what's now called Washington, D.C., and these are the lands of the Piscataway. And I want to honor the Piscataway as the hosts of the land where I'm living. I want to thank them for their stewardship of these lands. Before I get into the discussion today about Speaker Mike Johnson, I want to first talk about... Um, or just mention what else is going on in the world. And as you know, uh, up in Maine earlier this week, there was a horrific shooting. Um, I believe there were 18 people uh, killed in two shootings done by the same person, they believe. And there was a massive manhunt going on all throughout Louisiana right now. And I just wanted to share that story with you right there in case you haven't heard about that or haven't been following that near as much. And then I also want to share uh, just this most recent story from AP News about what's going on in Gaza and with the war between Hamas and Israel. And obviously that is continuing to escal escalate. Uh, there's now ground assaults going on at various times. And the last number I heard was over 7,000 um, Palestinians had been killed so far. And so this is almost quadrupling the number of Israelis that were killed um, in the initial attack. And so obviously uh, this war is extracting a lot of violence and there's continued bombing and shelling and war going on on both ends. And uh, there it's a, it's a becoming a mess there. Anyway, I, I wanted to make sure you knew I wasn't ignoring those things. I hadn't forgot about those things. If you want, uh, a week ago, last week, Friday, I did a presentation on my second cup of coffee. It was titled, uh, The United States, Israel and Hamas, The War in Israel, um, or The War in Gaza, and what's at the foundation of it. And I looked really at how all three of those nations are have essentially nationalistic religions, uh, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. And all three have used their nationalistic relationship with their religion to justify incredible, inhumane, even genocidal violence. And that's where we need to start the discussion, right? Is that all three of these religions between these, these nations, between these three nations, um, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam all share a common thread, which is the God of Abraham. And if you read the narrative of the God of Abraham from the book of Deuteronomy and Joshua, um, and even Genesis, you will see that the God of Abraham increasingly calls for incredible violence to be carried out in the name of that God. And it's a very challenging uh, understanding, but it's something we have to talk about. And so if you have not seen that video yet, I invite you to go back. Um, I posted it last week. It's on my YouTube channel, on my Facebook page, as well as on my podcast. And so you can find it there. It's now one of, I think, the second most popular uh, second cup of coffee I had this year. Um, and it's continuing to get downloaded and viewed pretty frequently. So I invite you to go back and engage in that uh, in that discussion. Tanya Yate, 
Thank you for joining. Good to see you here. I'm glad you're you're on with me today. Um, the thing I want to talk about today is I want to talk about Mike Johnson. And if you've been paying any attention whatsoever, right, the Republican Party has been an absolute dumpster fire for the past month, actually for a little longer than that. Um, there is such a faction, a split in the Republican Party between the moderates and the the far right of the party that they've pretty much become paralyzed. Um, a lot of that split is the fruit of having a leader like Donald Trump for the past uh, eight years. But um, it, it's a very, very deep problem. And with the ousting of Kevin McCarthy uh, about a month ago, they were stalled trying to find new leadership. And it took them several weeks. And earlier this week, um, they finally elected Representative Mike Johnson from uh, Louisiana. And uh, he really it seems like he came out of the blue. Um, not only were most reporters uh, trying to Google who he was when he got elected, but even his own colleagues didn't even know who he was. And certainly the American people had very little idea of who Mike Johnson was. And what fascinated me about that is how quickly he went from being largely unknown to becoming the demonic face of the Republican Party. And you've probably seen all the memes that are flowing around now about him and how horrible he is for the country and all this stuff. And most of the people who are sharing these things and doing these opinions literally Googled him 24 hours ago and had no clue who he was. And I'm not saying he's not problematic, but the, the absolute gaslighting that's happening as he has gone from being virtually unknown to becoming essentially the face of the Republican Party is been fascinating to watch. And it's just a challenge, right? It's it's this is what happens when you have a very simplistic two-party political system that makes everything binary and the only solution the parties have is to demonize the other party and then just say put us back in power. And so it's, it's been fascinating to watch what's been happening to Mike Johnson over the past 24 to 48 hours as he's ascended into the role of Speaker of the House. And so I, I want to encourage you to stop reading or watching the memes, to stop reading the headlines, and to actually begin doing your own investigating into who Mike Johnson is. And don't be told what to think about it, but make your own opinion. I'm going to share with you a few articles I invite you to read. The first one was from Politico. It's titled 55 Things You Need to Know About Mike Johnson. And it gives 55 details about who he is, some of what his philosophy is, what his policies are, what he's done. Um, but it's just it's a very basic, simple place to start to get to know Mike Johnson. Here's another article I want to share. Uh, this is out of uh, a media outlet out of North, out of Louisiana, I believe. It's called NOLA. And this was actually written on November 28 of 2022. And it was, it's titled, U.S. Representative Mike Johnson Molds Republican Messaging as Fifth Highest GOP Member of Congress. So this was written a year ago about some stuff Mike Johnson was doing. And he was already stepping into some roles of leadership. 
But it just, it, again, this gives you a bit of information about who Mike Johnson was before he was elected Speaker of the House and what he had done. Um, now, the things that everyone is talking about regarding Mike Johnson is he has been a behind-the-scenes ardent supporter of Donald Trump and working with him as a constitutional lawyer, not his lawyer, but he, Mike Johnson was a constitutional, is a constitutional lawyer. Um, and he has worked uh, on conservative issues in the legal system for a very long time. And he helped frame some legal arguments that were working to keep Donald Trump in power and to claim that the, the election was stolen from him. And yeah, very clearly Mike did that. Like that's something he wrote. That's something he advocated for. He is an ardent supporter of Donald Trump. And that is worrisome, right? We literally have someone who is the third in line to the presidency who still believes that Donald Trump is a duly elected president of the United States. And I don't disagree. That is deeply, deeply, deeply problematic. And it was unfortunate when he was asked about it the other day, and it was it was in, I forget where it was, but the Republican Party began booing and, and laughing and jeering to drown out that question that was being asked of him to address some of those issues. And it allowed him to not have to say anything at the moment. And so anyway, but I, I, I'm not saying there are not very concerning and problematic issues with Mike Johnson. All I'm saying is before we start making memes and start um, spouting off, let's actually take a little bit of time to actually get to know who this guy is. I've spent the last two days listening to podcasts, listening to interviews, reading about him, trying to, I had no clue who he was, right? His name came out of nowhere and I had no clue who he was. And I've literally spent the last 24 hours trying to educate myself like the rest of the nation on who Mike Johnson is and what does it mean that he's the speaker of the house and third in line to the presidency. Um, and so uh, those are some good things. So I'm going to share with you a few more articles here. And this one gets into a bit more problematic. And this, I would actually say, is some of the more concerning things I have with Mike Johnson. And this was an article in The Guardian. And so in The Guardian, he was asked about his stances on abortion and about um, denying rights to people who are LGBTQIA2S+. And he very clearly stated, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually read a piece from this article. He said, it says, speaking on Thursday, Johnson said he genuinely loved all people regardless of their lifestyle choices. Quote, this is not about people themselves. I am a Bible-believing Christian. Someone asked me today in the media, they said, people are curious, what does Mike Johnson think about any issue under the sun? Well, I said, go and pick up a Bible off your shelf and read it. That's my worldview. That's what I believe. And so I make no apologies for it. He later added, that is my personal worldview. And so this is something that I would say, yes, it's obviously very concerning, right? We have, we have someone in office and at a very high office 
who literally believes his politics are shaped solely by what's written in the Bible. And that is concerning. When I ran for president in 2020, I told my staff, I told people around me, I said, you know, if I'm advocating for a policy and my only basis for advocating for that policy is because this is what the Bible says, because I'm a Christian, right? And I, I, I want to understand and, and, and do what my faith designates. But I said, if I'm arguing for a policy and my main argument, my main thrust or justification for this argument and this policy is because this is what the Bible says, I'm like, we have to not support that. I'm not trying to compel people to adhere to the teachings of the Christian faith, right? That's not what I'm doing as I'm seeking public office. Yes, I am a Christian. I was a Christian when I ran, but I was adamant I was not the Christian candidate. I was not running to try to spread or compel people to bend a knee to the, the faith that I have and the, the, the choices that I made for my faith. But Mike Johnson doesn't believe that way. He doesn't think that way. He is absolutely arguing for public policy based on his morality as is defined by the Bible. And that's problematic, right? That's what's led to the boarding schools. That's what led, what's led to, to the genocide of Native peoples and the enslavement of African people and all the other things this nation's done is because people have done these things, right? This is what I was pointing out in the whole thing with, with what's going on in Israel, which we have the U.S., we have, we have Israel, and we have Hamas. These are all governments that found themselves are, are have their foundations rooted in a specific religious tradition for the United States. It's Christianity for the, uh, Israel. It's Judaism. And for Hamas, it's Islam. And all three of these, these religions are based on the God of Abraham. And again, if you take an honest look at the God of Abraham from the books of Genesis, Deuteronomy and Joshua, the God of Abraham is very violent and actually grooms and trains his the people who follow the God of Abraham to become very violent themselves. And that's problematic. And Mike Johnson is claiming that his worldview is shaped and formed by the scriptures. Now, again, this is going to be turned into a meme and people are going to scream about it and they're going to say this is horrible, but... Joe Biden does the same thing, right? I, I give the quote about Joe Biden all the time where he says uh, he believes that U.S. military is the army of the Lord that's responding to a prophetic call on par with that of Isaiah the prophet. I mean, he is just as much a Christian nationalist as Donald Trump was or as, or as, as uh, Mike Johnson is. He expresses it differently and isn't quite as explicit about it, but he absolutely has the same foundational worldview, right? Anyone who believes in the myth of American exceptionalism founds that that exceptionalism is rooted in the understanding that the white Europeans who discovered this continent have a special relationship with the God of Abraham, and these are their promised lands. And that is a largely accepted worldview for almost every American, regardless of whether they're on the left or the right. And so, yes, it's problematic that Mike Johnson says it so clearly, but let's get 
real here. He's not out of tune with a majority of especially white Americans. And it doesn't matter if they're Democrat or Republican, right? This is a belief rooted in the foundations of this country, not in, it's not a partisan problem, it's a bipartisan problem. And so, yeah, it's problematic. But again, this is just what America teaches and believes about itself. And Joe Biden believes it just as much as Mike Johnson does. He expresses it differently, but he has the same fundamental worldview. There's another article I want to share with you. And this one is from NPR about Mike Johnson. And in this article, um, it again, just another who is who is Mike Johnson, an ardent, ardent conservative who embraces far-right policies. And yes, that is who Mike Johnson is. He probably will be one of the most conservative speakers of the House our nation has ever seen. I don't deny that. But I found an interesting quote in this article because they were interviewing, they had talked to um, the Democratic governor of Louisiana, John Bell Edwards. And this is what the paragraph said. I'm just going to read this for you. It says, in addition to the support from Scalise and other Republicans from his home state, Mike Johnson, he received praise from Louisiana Democratic Governor John Bell Edwards, who said Louisianians always find a way to work across party lines to deliver progress. And there's another narrative that's coming out about Mike Johnson. And you have to look for it. But he is someone who is willing to listen even to people he disagrees with. I've seen that written several places about Mike Johnson. That yes, he's he, he's absolutely working behind the scenes to mold a very conservative agenda. But I've also read he, he works very hard to have a good relationship with people and he is willing to sit and listen and to hear the other side of the argument and to even look for places of compromise. And that's not a bad thing. And so I, I found it positive that the Democratic governor of Louisiana actually endorsed him and said, yeah, he, he will be a good person for this role. Now, again, the Republicans are up in arms and, right, they can't believe the, the, the Democrats are up in arms. They can't believe the Republicans elected someone so ultra conservative. But again, the Democrats have no one to blame but themselves, right? They could have saved Kevin McCarthy's job. They could have. And he, had de he lost his job because he demonstrated he was willing to work across party lines. The Republicans could have saved his job. But they chose to roll the dice. They chose to put this thing into chaos, right? They're just as guilty as Matt Gates is, who was the one who called for Kevin McCarthy's ouster. And so if you hear Democrats complaining about Mike Johnson, tell them, remind them that their representative voted to oust McCarthy, who demonstrated he was willing to work across party lines. 
And they did nothing to try and support any of the other moderate nominees for speaker. And so, yeah, when you leave a dysfunctional party like the Republican Party on their own, what happened is the, the extreme right finally wore out the moderates. I mean, the reason Mike Johnson got elected is because the moderate Republicans essentially waved a white flag and said, we give up. We're, we're not going to fight this anymore. We want to just get back to governing. And they voted for him, even though they didn't like him because they, the, the far right wore them down. That's literally what happened. And so don't let Democrats complain too loudly about this because they helped create this mess. Absolutely. Now, I want to share a few other things. And this is some things that actually give me a little bit of hope. And it's going to sound weird that I say I have a little bit of hope about this. But I want to share two links here. They're to podcasts. So Mike, Mike Johnson and his wife, Kelly, started a podcast in 2022 called Truth Be Told. And that caught my attention because the initial name of the book I wrote on Selling Truth with my good friend, Sing Chan Ra, the initial name we had, the working title we had for a long time as we were writing it was Truth Be Told. That was the name we had for our book. I'm sharing the link both to the Spotify um, uh, version as well as the Apple podcast um, link for the podcast. And what I did, so I found the podcast earlier this morning and I didn't have time. I think there's like 22 episodes or something on there. There's quite a few episodes, maybe even 40 episodes. I forget. But I went back and listened to the first one. And the question was something like, can America be fixed or can America be healed? And as I listened to Mike Johnson and his wife, Kelly, lay out why they started this podcast and even why Mike was in office, right? It was the same argument the exact same argument I hear from conservative Christians everywhere I go around the country. People who are very sincere in their faith, but who live in a bubble, who know absolutely none or very few people of color. They live in a bubble, they go to their church, they live in their safe jobs, they go to their private schools, and they live in this white bubble and they're terrified of the world. That is absolutely who Mike Johnson and his wife Kelly are. They are people ensconced in a bubble who are terrified of the world. They're complaining about communism. They're afraid of communism. Right? There's all the things going on in this world and they're trying to keep the country from becoming communist. It's like, I think that was a few decades ago when we were fighting that. But anyway, and they write the stuff, if you just listen to what they say on their podcast, it's a bit terrifying. I don't disagree. Absolutely believe in American exceptionalism. They quote all of these founding fathers and politicians who are all, I didn't hear a single person of color who they quoted about this nation. They mentioned nothing about enslavement or the genocide of native peoples. They talked about how this nation basically was given this continent by God and how it was their now inherent 
space in the world to save the world um, as God's representative nation in this country. They quoted Ronald Reagan um, regularly throughout their podcast and absolutely believe in the myth of American exceptionalism. They made no mention of our history of enslavement. They made no mention of the doctrine of discovery. They made no mention of the genocide of Native peoples. And they, they, they didn't talk about any of the things our nation has done that have been unjust. Right? They, they, they are spouting the history that Oklahoma and Texas are writing into our history books that are absolutely just the version that the victors wrote. That's all they're doing. And then they're aligning that with their their churches and their belief in their church. And they're saying, yes, this was a Christian nation. It always has been a Christian nation. We're chosen people by God and blah, blah. It's all that crap, right? But they're, they're actually, they seem to be fairly genuine. Like I said, Mike seems to be willing to listen to people on both sides of the issue. has a reputation for that. And Mike Johnson and his wife, Kelly, are one of the group of people I wrote this book for. They literally are. There are people who live in a virtually all-white bubble, are terrified of what's outside of there, and they're just trying to protect themselves. They've never studied their nation's history. They've never even read the documents thoroughly from the perspective of someone who's not a white landowning male. And yeah, they live in this world, this very small world. And what gives me hope? And I have no clue how I would ever get Mike Kelly or Mike Johnson, especially now that he's been elected and given power, right? I don't expect him to, to, well, if he does stay as open as he seems to have been in the past, he will most likely be um, attacked and eventually removed by the far right of his party. Um, but there's a very good chance he also just becomes what he's said he didn't want to become, which is just a politician who's about protecting power. Um, but I think there's a, there's a genuine level of a desire for him to want to do what's right. And I, I, he is not someone who would ever self-select to read on Selling Truths or to come to a lecture that I'm giving. But he is one of the people who I believe, I, I believe he's one of the people who if somehow he got into a room where I was speaking and he didn't figure out who I was or what I was going to talk about until it was too late to leave politely, and therefore he had to listen to me. I think he is someone who would genuinely wrestle with the actual history of our nation and by being exposed to what our country actually did and hearing our history not from the version of the victors but from the, the voices of the marginalized. And what gives me that hope again, and I, I'm just, I'll, I'll share this with you, is right. I spoke to a room full of Mike Johnsons frequently whenever I go to Iowa and Michigan, right? Whenever I preach in those conservative spaces, I'm talking to these are these are the people. They live in these little bubbles. They live in this world, and they don't know anything outside that world, right? 
this is this is where they are. This is the Mike Johnsons of the world. And when I was on my book tour a year ago, and I spoke in Orange City, Iowa, and I gave a very direct, very challenging message regarding our nation's history, and especially regarding not MAGA Republicans, but mainstream Republicans, a former professor from Dort College who had since retired, James Schapp, on his blog called Stuff in the Basement, wrote a blog post a couple days later, and his blog post was titled Mark Charles Prophet. And he basically was saying to his community, we heard from a prophet the other day, and we have to wrestle with what we've been told. See, what I find when I talk to audiences who are from the far right and they use their religious beliefs to justify the myth of American exceptionalism, people who claim they, they follow scripture, like they, actually, they actually respect a strong biblical argument. They don't want to be converted into becoming a Democrat. They don't want to right, be be just confronted they want but they they can listen if they will even be rebuked if you rebuke them with scripture not because you're trying to convert them but because you're trying to get them to see a different side and what i found when i speak to these audiences is if i can demonstrate early on in my presentation that i understand the scriptures just as well if even not better than they do I grew up hearing the same stories, and I'm going to use those stories to help them see something differently. That they will, even if they don't agree with me, they will at least listen to me. And it will change the way, because once you hear this history, you can't unhear it. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. And that's what gives me a little hope about Mike Johnson. Now, I could be wrong. We'll see what happens now that he has power and he's being thrust into the limelight and his every move is now going to be scrutinized. He was operating way below the radar prior to this. So it will be interesting to see who he actually becomes when he's in the limelight. But I actually, yeah, he would never self-select to read my book. He would never self-select to attend the lecture I gave. But if somehow we could get him into the room. I think he's the kind of person who would at least listen and would therefore be impacted by it. I'm not saying he wouldn't have a triggered response like most of the traumatized white Americans that I deal with. He probably would. But again, I think he would at least listen. So I, I'm not thrilled about the fact that Mike Johnson is Speaker of the House. I absolutely blame the Republicans and the Democrats for this problem. The moderates gave up, the moderate Republicans gave up, and the Democrats shot themselves in the foot. But he's what we have. And I don't think he's as bad as the memes are making him out to be. And I'm afraid that what's going to happen is the Democrats are going to work very hard to push him further and further and further to the right, where he already is, but they're going to make him take these stances even more publicly and a chance to get more votes in the Democrat in the next election. 
But it, what it's going to do, it's going to lead to a very turbulent next two years. That's what I expect to happen. But I'm, I'm actually trying to keep an open mind about this and see where it goes and what happens with it all. So anyway, this is my, these are my thoughts. These are the things I'm trying to think about. Again, I, you're going to hear a ton of screaming from the left. And they're not even going to take a chance to listen and try to find a way to work. And that's going to be problematic. But I, I want to encourage you, read the articles I shared. Maybe I'm wrong. You can engage with me and let me know if you think I'm wrong. But read the articles I shared. Listen to who he was before he came to power. Acknowledge, yeah, I think he has some problems. He's obviously, he's, I mean, everyone in Washington, D.C. has problems, right? But I don't think it's going to be quite as bad as the memes and the internet is trying to make us believe. And I think there's a way we can work with it. Again, the challenge is, is Democrats are trying to convert Republicans to become Republicans. And Republicans are trying just to silence and take away the vote of Democrats. And there's no way of working across the aisle. And what I'm saying is, yeah, we have to find a way to bring other voices into the political realm besides the, the binary voices of the Democrat and Republican parties who don't have solutions except just to oust the other party. And that's not a solution. That's not going to fix the problem. So anyway, I hope those are helpful, my relatives. Miles, yet a thank you for joining today. I'm glad you're on here. Um, I'm going to share a few more links. Again, we're in the month of November, and are we're coming up on the month of November, and this is one of the periods where the U.S. is most willing to engage with issues around um, around Native issues and things going on in the country. And so one of the things that I want to do is uh, continue to promote my book and the things that um, we wrote about in Unselling Truths. I have what I call my book study special. I'm sorry, my mouse just died. And so I have to do this with my other hand. Um, but uh, I have what's called my book study special. And these have been very popular this month, where if you buy 10 signed copies of my book from my website, I will ship them for free to a single address. You'll get 10 signed copies of my book for your book study. And anytime over the next year, I will allow, I, I will set up, you can set up a 45-minute virtual Q&A with me. And I will give a virtual Q&A to you and your book study. It's a great chance to take the conversation deeper. This is one of the things I love to do. I love to have these conversations of these book studies. I have them about once a week. I end up doing one of these one of these Q and A's, and none, no two Q and A are the same, right? They're they're all they're all different because people have thought about it differently. They reflect on it differently. The Q and A's right after I lecture are almost always the same, but the Q and A's for these book studies are vastly different and very varying because of the fact that people have a chance to think more deeply about these things and they're not merely responding out of their trauma, but they're actually processing through some of it at a deeper level. 
And so I want to encourage you um, or invite you to, to uh, if you would like to get a signed copy of On Selling Truths, you can buy um, both the 10-pack book study or the single copy. Both of those come with free shipping right now. So if you'd like to do that, you can do that. I also want to share with you my Patreon, where I am engaging dialogue um, every month. Uh, and um, you can join the conversation and take it deeper and even help support my work because it's a subscription model on Patreon. But there's a Q&A once a month. There are deeper dialogues about my new book, Decolonizing Faith, um, on my um, uh, join the conversation tier this month. I'm going to talk about how I taught Johnson v. McIntosh and the true legacy of Lincoln to third graders. <laughs> so that's going to be happening. Um, so there's a lot of things that you can engage with on my Patreon. And I invite you to join there and uh, join the conversation that I'm having there. But anyway, my relatives, thank you for joining me today on this second cup of coffee. I hope your cup of coffee is as good as mine is. But uh, walk in beauty, my relatives. And may we all learn how to walk in beauty together. Ahyahat and hakonat.